Great time to talk to David Cedar from Fox Fully. Hello, Dave. How are you, lads? Good to be with you. Hey, Jules, how you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Uh, first of all, have we got any update on... We saw the game last night uh, between Brisbane and Sydney. Uh, Brisbane, uh, very impressive. Uh, Taylor Adams came off with a bit of a medial ligament injury in that game. Any update on, on what his availability might be for next Thursday night against the Deet? Yeah, so he's going to have scans tonight. Uh, they just wanted the knee to settle the swans before getting a scan. So there'll be an update more concrete from them tomorrow about his recovery timeline, but uh, something will come through. They're still confident a mild medial ligament sprain, which hopefully still keeps him in the mix for, for opening round, but that they are playing it very cautious. Obviously, he's got a fair injury history. This one was just more bad luck, I think, in the way he came down the tackle with, uh, with Cam Raider in the third quarter, but... Nathan Buckley was on Fox footy at the time and said, I know Tay, and uh, if he was genuinely disappointed, there'd be a much more uh, boisterous reaction than that. So that's probably the silver lining there. Um, so he's getting scanned tonight. Luke Parker uh, saw a specialist today. Probably the best case scenario there, three to four weeks um, coming back from that, uh, from the arm injury. So probably two blows they didn't want to their engine room. The good news is for Taylor Adams, he's still somewhat in the mix for opening round, but... Um, they're just going to get scanned tonight, see how it pulls up, and then go from there. Yeah, David, not ideal for the Swans with Parker. You mentioned Adams and Mills potentially missing their first game of the season. As we move across to Carlton, is there a few injury concerns there for their upcoming uh, game of the season? Sam Walsh, Williams, Weedering, Martin, do you have some updates on those players for Carlton fans? Yeah, so Weedering obviously targeting a return a bit later on earlier in the season. Um, obviously hoping to be there maybe around the round three mark uh, post post their, I mean, quote unquote, their bye. Um, looking good for them, hopefully, to get him back. Sam Walsh, that's really a week-to-week prospect at the moment for him, just how his back pulls up. And it's a bit of a funny one. You know, don't really know how it's going to pull up week-to-week. So they're just being guided by how Sam feels and hoping that he's okay. So it hasn't been definitively ruled out yet of, um, of round one, but they're still just trying to make sure that everything's okay with him. Obviously, they don't want to take any risks. We saw how... The good news for them, I guess, is how well he comes back from injury. We saw him have a delayed start to the season I think last year, and he came back and absolutely um, just turned it on. So hopefully he can do something similar this year if it is that he has to wait a bit before he makes uh, his debut. But um, not great for them in terms of key defensive and key position stocks, um, especially in their back line, you know, Caleb Marchbank. Yeah, Still just battling uh, Ill, Ill effects from uh, having illness earlier, earlier so this year. So he's just trying to make his way back. So they're going to be a bit undermanned in the opening rounds of the season. It's just about whether they can hold the fort. We know Michael Voss last year had that next man up mentality that they were just losing players uh, left, right and centre. And, and yet they still uh, were able to compete and able to get themselves back in the mix and, and ultimately make a preliminary final. So... Um, he's no stranger to having adversity throughout a season. I'm sure he's, he's just, you know, making sure everyone's ready to go for this year, regardless of their personnel. But hopefully for those guys, they're back sooner rather than later. Certainly Jacob Weedering shouldn't be too long. And Sam Walsh, I think everyone's just hoping um, that that back issue can just be settled sooner rather than later because we know how important you speak about Sydney and their injuries in their midfield. We know how important Sam Walsh is to the midfield mix at Carlton. So hopefully... He's out there sooner rather than later. Yeah, it is a challenging start for the Blues. They take on the Lions at the Gabba in opening round. In that same game, the preseason matchup between Carlton and Melbourne, for those that maybe didn't see the game, they might have checked the stats and they would have seen that Max Gorn, first of all, was unbelievable and looks like he is back to his best as the sole ruckman. 
But the other one they wouldn't have seen in there is Clayton Oliver, who didn't play, but he did play in the VFL. So is there an update there on Clayton Oliver and his availability and whether he looks like he will play in Melbourne's first game of the season? Yeah, they're going to make the call on him earlier. <laughs> they're going to make the call. It's just as Fox Footy's uh, David King drops off some chips at the Fox Footy offices oh, here to me. Uh, they're just going to uh, make sure that he is okay and ready to go for uh, for round one and uh, opening round, I should say. It really is a call for the match committee. He's very fit. He's uh, clearly too good for the BFL. I think we all know that, but it's about more than that with Clayton Oliver. So um, they're going to make sure he's absolutely ready to go. If it's not opening round, I dare say, be um, very soon after. So Clayton Oliver... He passed with flying colours. He couldn't have done any more in the VFL. It's really just a match committee call now for him, and he's absolutely tearing it up. Max Gorn's been very transparent about how he's um, trying to get through this with Clayton Oliver and make sure the club's wrapping their arms around him. And you're right, being at Icon Park uh, that night, uh, Max Gorn was in um, very, very uh, imposing form and obviously a match-up against his, uh, his old teammate, yeah. Brody Grundy, not too far away either. So that'll be, uh, that'll be exciting to watch. But um, Clayton Oliver... It's over the match committee now. I think they'll they'll knock it on the head early in the week. I think they don't want it to drag on too long. But Clayton Oliver, um, he's not going to be lost to the AFL senior side for very long. It'd be one week at the most, I would have thought, if it is that he, he misses out on opening round. He's progressed pretty quickly then, hasn't he, David? I mean, it was only the start of last month that he left the, the pre-season camp early and the statement came out from Melbourne that he's, you know, still dealing with some of his personal issues. He's got them to go through. At that time, it felt like... This could be a sort of an indefinite thing for Clayton Oliver. When are we going to see him this season? And now, sort of a month later, we're saying touch and go for round one. So, I mean, we expect him to go out and play well in VFL practice games. He's that good a player. But everything else must be ticking along pretty well if we're getting to a stage now, what, five weeks after that, that he's a chance to play senior AFL footy. Yeah, look, everyone around him, uh, you know, he speaks or says that everything's sort of settling. But really, they're just waiting... I think the general consensus is footy is the best thing for him because it gives you a routine and you would know me obviously someone who's played having that week-to-week routine um, just gives you so much more stability in your life you just have things to plan around even just as footy viewers I think we love the idea of having something on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to, to look forward to and to plan around so I think with Clayton Oliver that is a similar case I think the hardest part for him is when the footy stops and that routine goes um, and that was clearly we've had heard you know the worst of things with him were over that off season. So um, I would imagine that there's a real sense of and there is a real sense of sense of optimism that once this season starts, um, there's going to be a lot more stability in his life, and uh, the club will be able to you know keep tabs on him a bit more uh, comfortably and a bit more easily. So I think that's where it's come from, and he seems to have bought back in. And clearly there were some there was tensions there. Uh, late last year, heading into the trade period. But uh, I think everyone who's around Clayton Oliver believes that once the footy starts, I mean, that's really what you you really want. That's the best thing for him. So we're nearly there now, and hence why I think his ability's never been questioned, really, has it? When he plays footy, he plays at a very high level. He's one of Melbourne's probably best ever players, really. He's an absolute star. So um, that's never been in question. And I think that once the footy starts, having an asset like Clayton Oliver sitting on the sidelines, if he is ready to go and he's got himself well, um, you'd be a fool not to bring him back into the side. And I think Melbourne, no, it's, it's really not going to hold him back for too much longer before he gets back in and has a fair red-hot crack. Now, David, what do we make of the Gold Coast's first two hit-outs of this season? Now, they played against a couple of really good sides. 
And it is still pre-season, but in their first game of the pre-season official game after the match simulation, they've gone down by another 40-point loss to the GWS Giants. Is there concerns for the Gold Coast Suns heading into their opening round game against the Richmond Tigers? I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, the one thing pre-season games that you sort of know is that the result isn't really that important, is it? For, for, as much as we like to think it is mm. and you want to win here and there, it really is just about making sure you don't get any injuries, um, which is what you're desperately hoping to avoid at all costs. And then from there, it, it's really just about getting yourself in order, making sure um, your structures are in order. Yes, it's not great to lose by that margin to, uh, to the Giants' uh, early days in Damien Hardwick's tenure, given the optimism that surrounded his, his arrival at the Gold Coast Suns. But I, I really don't think that the preseason is not going to be the where the um, the postscript is written on, on Damien Hardwick's time at the Suns. So I wouldn't have too many, too many concerns if you're a Suns fan heading into 2024. Once the season starts, that's when clubs really actually get their act together. So I think we judge these clubs on what they dish out in opening round and round one, not what they dish out in pre-season. I'm not a big believer in that personally. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. It's, I mean, they have come up against two good sides, yeah. against the... The Giants and against Brisbane, who both look primed. I mean, we know Brisbane will be thereabouts, but the Giants, I think a lot of people are pretty big on the Giants after how they finished last season and how they've looked in the, uh, I guess, the preseason and then the opening uh, round of the of the preseason game. Yeah, look, they're in really good touch. And I mean, the Giants, geez, they look like they're not going to miss a beat um, heading into this year. Last year wasn't Sharp. a fluke. I mean... They're looking very sharp, and Tom Green looks like he's going to get even better. Finn Callahan, when he gets into the side and up and running, he's probably going to have a great year. Aaron Cabin, um, he's already showing signs that he's going to be a lot better than last year. He's starting to grow into his frame. And um, There's really... Jesse Hogan even was playing at that same level. We know how hard consistency has mm. been for him. So, again, without reading too much into preseason results, I think the way they were playing um, suggests that this is not a club that's resting on its laurels, and it's not one that's... Um, could have go, well, we nearly won a prelim last year and we were close enough, therefore we proved everyone wrong, let's call it a day. I think they're, they're going to be coming with a red-hot crack and probably a genuine top-four contender um, this year. And it won't be as much of a surprise this year, I think, than it would have been last year for many of us footy pundits looking on. And they were right in that match against them. That's probably one of the greatest games you'll ever see. So um, I think they're going to be up to it. Up up to it in their eyeballs, really, when it comes to the premiership race this year. Speaking of the Suns, we've been to David Zeta from Fox Footy. We know they play the Tigers in opening round. So Dimmer up against his old mob. Is he is he going to have to find a matchup for Tom Lynch in the goal square, or is, is Tom unlikely to get up for that one? Uh, I just think with Tom, it's a much more longer-term view that, that they're taking with him compared to you know what they may have done. They're not desperate. They're not trying to make the eight. You know, it's not the last round of the season. They don't need the win, obviously they would like it, but I just think with Tom Lynch, he's too important to their structure moving forward, and they've said at every turn, this has been a longer than anticipated recovery, we're not going to take any risks whatsoever with him, so I really don't see them, unless he's 100% ready to go, taking any sort of risk I know it's, it's a bit of romance coming up against obviously Tom Lynch, the former side of the Gold Coast Suns, and then now Damien Hardwick um, coaching against his old side, but I just don't think that um, they're going to do anything other than make sure he's 100% cherry ripe. So whether it means you wait a bit longer, um, I, I would much prefer, I think Tigers fans would much mm. prefer seeing that than rushing him out and then leaving uh, the rest of the forward line one out again this year or just uh, battling to try and kick a winning score, which we know was hard for them at times in 2023. So I think better safe than sorry is the approach that they'd be taking with Tom Lynch heading into 2024 and, and beyond. 
Now, David, a couple of the young stars in the competition. I want to know who you think is, they're already at a very high level, but ready to explode and have been very good in the match simulations that they've played in the preseason games. I'll give you a couple of names and you can choose from the above. Errol Goulden, McLuggage, Tom Green, and Zach Butters. Which of the four oh, there do you think there. that might potentially put themselves into Brownlow medal contention or even win it this year? Cool. Uh, well, I think Zach Butters is already in Brownlow medal contention. Yeah, yep. I'll see last year, yep. so um, he'll be right up there again. Ollie Wines will get back in the midfield as well, give him a bit more of a chop out. Connor Rosie, we know, has been great. Um, and taking on the captaincy, it'll be interesting to see how he goes at such a young age with that sort of responsibility. Um, Errol Goulden was very impressive for a half. He, he sort of dropped off a bit in the second, but he was looking very good. He doesn't look like he's slowing down. Um, Tom Green's an absolute superstar. I think he's already a, a star yep. of the competition, to be honest, and we're just all catching up. Uh, and then what was the last McLuggage one? McLuggage was the other one who was very good last he night. Was, um, he was just he was uh, taking the P1 double five last night. He was <laughs> um, just racking up the touches for fun. So, um, geez, they're all pretty good. I think Zach Butters at the moment probably yep. good output. McLuggage obviously very good too. Um, geez, I think Tom Green might uh, overtake all of them this year. Uh, he's an absolute. He's an absolute star. He hasn't got many weaknesses at all, so I'm liking what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, it's a really good show. I think so many people are big on Tom Green. The, the point you made on Butters is interesting. Over here in Adelaide, Rosie and Horn Francis look like they're going to play midfield and swap forward, whereas Butters mm. will be predominant midfield, which means that his stats and his disposals and his impact on the game isn't going to get any less. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting for power fans as well, I reckon. Yeah, Horn Francis, I reckon, can explode this year. What we saw yep. last year with a big preseason under his belt, second one, trading alongside Travis Boak. I think he'd have a massive year. Dave, before we let you go, obviously, first tribunal of the week during the weeks. Uh, standard was set uh, by the AFL when it comes to those sorts of incidents we saw with Sam Pelpepper. Just listening to the case... Uh, is that what you expected? It would it would come out with four weeks. Did did Port Adelaide argue everything they could? How did you sort of sum up the case? I didn't think it'd take three and a half hours. Um, <laughs> it's a bit long for one in February. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, no, he pleaded guilty, so we we already like that. It was just about whether it was three or four. It was pretty simple in in layman's terms, I guess. But three and a half hours later, he gets four. Um, I think he was always going to be pushing to it'd be a very difficult battle in the current climate to get anything less than four, and that's what the AFL was asking for. Um, I know it's clearly a hot topic at the moment. Now, the AFL will say there was no, there's no special treatment or no special impetus to go out there and stamp this out, but I think at the start of the season, um, with standards needing to be set, I think four weeks for something like that, which really just it did boggle the mind, um, given mm. it saw Angus Brochel forced into retirement that year. It was, it was just a fascinating... It was just bizarre from him. And Sam Pepper himself said, I don't really remember what happened um, in that last split second. Um, now, we know it's obviously I haven't been out in the football field at that level, so I couldn't tell you what it's like, but uh, men's would obviously know better than you and I, Jules. But mm. um, clearly, split-second decisions. But at, at the same time, it was just something that you don't really want to see this year. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy with it being four. I think it was always going to be four, to be honest, and everything else was just um, a formality and um, port. I think saw the writing on the wall when they opted not to challenge it and to just accept it and move on. And they probably made the right call not looking for special clearance for him to play in the preseason match because at least now, later tonight, they're going to look at what their yeah. their side looks like without Power Pepper in it, which I won't have for four weeks. So, um, right result, I think, in the end, just 
Jeez, it took a while. Yeah, too long. <laughs> it should be nice and quick in uh, February for yeah. you, Dave, because you've got plenty more uh, coming up through the year. Thanks for your time, mate. Uh, we're ge- gearing up to uh, opening round. Let's hope the teams get through injury-free and uh, starts with a cracker next Thursday night up at the SCG. Hey, boys. Speak soon.